3: you're listening to the black and gold hockey podcast with mark allred court lalon and rob tomlin you can subscribe and rate our show on apple podcasts google play player.fm soundcloud.com and stitcher radio you can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show! Enjoy the show.
4: Hey everyone's fans, welcome back for episode 90 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, we are back together. Uh, the world traveler Rob Tomlin has, has graced us with his presence. Rob, welcome back. Thank you. How was Poland again for like the 12th time this year?
1: Well, I, I didn't go on holiday for like, what, 26 years? <laughs> so I'm making the most of it now. So yeah, it was really good. Nice relaxing family time is what I needed. Awesome. And now, time for busy time at work, so, yeah.
4: Good. We're glad to have you back, man.
1: Oh, I'm glad to be back. Don't worry about
4: that. Court, how we doing, my friend?
2: We're good. We're good. Good. A little tired. Daughter uh, is keeping us awake lately, but,
4: you know, that's life. Yeah. Sorry to hear that, my friend.
2: Yeah. There's no, it, it is what it is.
4: <laughs> uh, we do have a jam-packed uh, show for you this, this afternoon, um, and we have some very special uh sponsorship uh information that we got to talk about but that would be a little a little further in the show um as uh thomas nice from join me a little earlier to let us know what's going on with uh, a new show sponsorship so we're excited to have him on and to talk about that so um why don't we just take care of that now take um uh, We'll just get, take a quick break and then we'll be right back, and uh, we'll talk some hockey. And we got we got a lot of shit, a lot of stuff to talk about. Sorry, guys.
0: dollar dollar in the jar. Yeah,
4: <laughs> we'll be right yeah. back.
0: Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a ninety percent rate. Nick Bukestea. Backhand
2: scores. Wow, what a goal! David
0: Backus. Score! Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world!
4: Hey, everyone's fans. As mentioned on the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, um, we have some very exciting news. uh, And and to tell us about this news, I wanted to bring in a a very special teammate to the Black and Gold Hockey Productions crew, uh his name's Thomas Nystrom, and he's the one that does all our website upgrades and 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 makes everything really work to uh to a T. So Thomas, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Mark. Um so uh we've been talking for the past uh 2 weeks about uh, uh, show sponsorship and and I think it's it's the appropriate time to bring you on and talk about the uh exciting news that you have to offer.
3: Uh, absolutely. Yeah, um as you know, I've been working at trying to get us some sponsorships on a pretty regular basis lately. Uh, and one I kind of came across just uh, for my own reasons. We were talking uh, briefly about the idea of like hockey camps and whatnot. And I came across one that does it all over the country. Uh, it's called Weekend Warriors. They're actually based out of Utah, uh, run by a really nice guy named Rick Parisi. And uh, noticed that they were coming to Shelton, which is uh, in Connecticut kind of my home rink and uh also they were coming to boston buffalo new jersey like they're coming around all over the place uh pretty much all spring into the summer uh so i started talking to him and kind of figured out that uh the markets that we uh cover mostly in terms of uh where most of our listeners are coming from up in new england that's where they're coming in just a few weeks uh so it just seemed like a natural fit it's a really cool organization Rick himself actually didn't get into playing adult hockey until about 30 years old, he said. Uh, and he's brought on a number of really good coaches. They, they literally just travel the country throwing adult camps together uh, at local rinks. And it's like 12 hours of ice time in three days. Uh, so it's totally a crash course. If somebody out there listening right now wants to get on the ice, wants to learn how to play the sport of hockey, and learn the right things, uh, right off the bat, give you some good, uh, structure as you're trying to get in there. If you want to join a men's league down the road, this is a great opportunity to do it. And, uh, I myself am actually going to, uh, participate in the Boston one, which I'm very excited about.
4: Oh, that's awesome. And, um, after looking at the website, after we got got done talking, um, uh, they, they seem like they do a very very well training program and it's not only for people that want to learn about the game it's also for adults that want to learn um more as in skill levels uh so it's pretty much uh basically for um all kinds of levels isn't it
3: oh 100 uh when i spoke to rick just last week he told me that he's got guys in there who used to play uh hockey growing up and just kind of lost it and uh, stopped playing for a while. Life happens, gets in the way. Uh, and, they, and they may have kids now who are starting to play junior hockey or, or peewees, bantams, whatever, and they want to get back out on the ice and sharpen up their skills so they can be coaches or whatever the skill level may be. He actually told me there's a guy uh, who goes to one of the camps, uh, I want to say two, three years in a row, uh, 75 years old.
4: Oh my god, really.
3: 75 years old and wants to get out there and play with the boys and like you have to admire that. Like the the thing about this sport and in any sport for the most part, but I I feel like especially with uh with hockey itself is you never lose that passion. And and the great thing about hockey is you don't really have to be moving that much to be moving. Like you get a little bit of momentum and you can glide around the ice and why not do it with a stick and a puck in hand and uh and the camaraderie that you get in that locker room. Uh, it's, I I don't know if you can beat it. So it it just sounds like a really great opportunity for, for anybody, like whether you've been playing a couple years and you just want to sharpen up some skills, you've been off the ice or you just started skating five months ago and you're like, you know what? I want, I want to give hockey a try.
4: That is awesome news. Um, uh, can you tell us a way to find them on uh, social media?
3: Yeah, they're, uh, they're all over the place. They're on Twitter. Uh, they're on uh, Facebook. It just search uh, Weekend Warriors Hockey. Uh, it's Weekend Warriors Hockey Academy. Which, whichever you uh, want to type in, you're going to find it pretty easily. And then Weekend Warriors uh, have a website as well with all the information. And it gives you uh, testimonials, like people who have been uh, doing the program for a year or or just gave it a shot and what they took out of it. So They're all over the place. And uh, obviously you can go to our website, uh, right on the right side there's a a banner up uh that actually flips through all the cities that they're coming to
4: yeah and that's at uh blackandgoldhockey.com check it out and uh like uh thomas has been saying if you're interested in learning more or um getting back on the ice uh, give them a give them a shout they they travel around um, uh, um the united states uh and they do some fantastic programs um so uh Thomas thank you very much for updating us. Uh this is a uh, fantastic news for for both organizations as ourselves and the weekend warriors um guys that that are doing all this training.
3: Absolutely. And uh there'll be some more material going up on the website. Uh I myself am actually going to do some videos for them. Uh just kind of break down preparing for camp and everything, but Honestly, if there's anybody out there listening who's wanted want to jump on the ice, this is honestly one of the best ideas that I've come across. And uh, me personally, I'm very excited and obviously uh, grateful for the partnership with uh, Black and Gold and Weekend Warriors putting, to- putting together a little program here. So very excited couple of weeks coming up. Uh, Shelton's coming up in a couple of weeks if you're in Connecticut or that's the closest one. Uh, Boston's coming up Buffalo. I know we have listeners all over the world. that have been sending out t-shirt orders for the last couple months <laughs> all over the place. It's insane the reach that this program has had. So, I'm excited you. to see who turns out.
4: Yeah, and thank you for everybody that that's been buying t-shirts. It's it's such a um, uh, it's a great thing that that people love the show and they love our merchandise. So, uh, keep it coming.
3: Yeah, it's been an honor to pack all those uh all those t-shirts and get them out there.
4: Awesome. Uh, Thomas, thank you very much. You've been a a solid addition to our team, and uh, keep up the amazing work, my friend.
3: I appreciate it. Have a go, Mark.
0: Passion, talent, development, NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal. Joe Pavelski. And Johnny Gaudreau. We're stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world!
4: All right, so that is a, a, a great great news for all of us here at the Black and Gold Productions team. Uh, Weekend Warriors Adult Hockey Academy is a, is a fantastic uh, program. And we welcome them, and we're looking forward to a uh, uh, short relationship with them now, and hopefully uh, a longer relationship later on if it all works out. But uh, if it, at any level that you play, any type of hockey, if you need any more skills, or training, or anything like that, these guys are fantastic. They're based out of Utah, as uh, as Thomas said a little while ago, and uh, they they're, they're six or seven great coaches that go all around the country and do these camps, and it, it's great, and it's a good price, and and it's a lot of fun, so uh, definitely check out the website at WeekendWarriorsHockey.com. You can follow them on Twitter, at WWAdultHockey, and Facebook, just uh, do a search, uh, Weekend Warriors Adult Hockey Academy. So um, let's get right into it, boys. Uh, last week's game started off with Sunday, uh, April Fool's Day, and it was a, a pretty foolish game, in my opinion, uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers, which they lost in overtime 4-3. to um not the greatest game for anton Hudobin, who is um slowly slowly sliding off my uh my welcome back next year list sorry to say but and i I understand that he's done very well this season and he's really seemed to amp up Tuka Rass' uh play but I don't know what his problem is
1: he's he's nervous playoffs are coming. <laughs>
4: He's nervous in... to ride the bench.
1: Well, uh, yeah, but does he really ride the bench? I no, I'm not sure. I in don't... the
2: playoffs,
4: yeah, he, I... he
1: doesn't. He doesn't see the ice.
4: I don't see him unless
1: st- Tuca Rask gets blown out. He
2: does not see the ice. Cassidy's kind of made it that clear. Tuca's his guy.
1: Yeah, I, I just, just if they're like two games up, three games up, do you rest yeah. Tuca for a game? Not, no, no, not in the playoffs. Okay. I, I think...
2: just just from. Experience, I don't know. I've never seen it happen.
1: Yeah, it,
2: just it could. Me. You never know. Yeah. But Doby played well last game. But as Mark was alluding to before last game, he hadn't won a game in five games. Yeah, true. Like he he put the se- he got the season back for them. One hundred percent played yep, fantastic. At the Beginning of the year when when Tuca, you know, sucked. There's no other way around it. But uh, oof, he's been. Uh, he makes these saves sometimes. Everybody's like, oh, that's a fantastic save. And I just look, well, he was out of position and he had to get back.
1: Yeah. That's, I, I don't like, that was the whole Malcolm Subban thing for me. Everyone said he's a really good athletic goaltender. Athletic goaltender means you're out of position a lot. That's, that's what that means. Because you have to slide around to make you a little flashy save. I'd rather see a guy like Tuca who can cut down the angles very well. I mean, he makes the fancy save when he has to, but he
2: doesn't do it often. And as you said last week, Mark, when you were talking about Tuca, the thing about tu- Tuca is, he, and, and Rondo was saying it too, how he plays his position so well that it looks like he's not putting effort in it's just because he's that's the type of goaltender he is. He's all about angles. That's that's how he plays the game. Right. Yeah. As a big body goaltender, that's what you got to do. Yeah, exactly. And, he's not going to be making those diving saves.
4: No, I saw him up positional positional and, and squaring himself to the puck uh, at all times so but and, and on tuesday's game against the tampa bay lightning he i mean i can't blame this whole loss on him at all i think the team was just really really down um getting blown out four to nothing uh shut out for i believe the third time this season uh, just not a very not a very good game, and one that I thought was important in the standings. I mean, if if everybody's all up for that first place and Eastern Conference uh, title, that's all well and good. But I mean, I'm more or less the guy that's like, hey, we clinched the playoff spot, so let's go from here. Uh, but this is a game that I thought they could have needed. But um, <coughs> you know, I thought they could be playing a little better,
2: but. Yeah, and, and Tuca did let in, two. Saw uh, Yeah, exactly. Question, questionables, but the team didn't score. So regardless whether if he lets in two bad ones, if the team doesn't score a goal, it's the team, as Mark said. Yeah. It's the team who loses the game. And Thursday, they
4: played the Florida Panthers, who they're going to match up again today. Uh, they lost 3-2 to two in regulation. Um another one that I, that's a definite one that we should have had and 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 that's three games in a row now that the Bruins have not um they've earned points in uh one game that was the Philly overtime game and the next two they have not so but uh on Saturday night they they beat the Ottawa Senators 5 to 2 and so which lines up for today's game and, and the last one of the season. And this is the makeup game for I believe um does anybody remember when the storm was? Was it February? Uh
1: January, isn't is it? is it
4: January? Okay. I yeah, January I, live in, I live in I live in, in
2: Toronto,
4: so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm the one in Boston and I totally forgot yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, like
2: you guys lost power like I would think, you know, everybody would remember
4: it. Hey, I didn't lose any power. But anyway, no, you didn't. um you know, it's just a makeup game. Unfortunate, it's on the back to back, but it's um, it's at seven thirty tonight against the Florida Panthers, and and we're gonna see um, it pretty much gonna be the same lineup as uh, last night. Maybe a couple adjustments. Um,
2: Grizz Grizz comes in. Yeah. yeah. So we'll definitely talk about that later on. And there's this pairing that uh, we should talk about that it. Looks like it might be alluding to what they want to do, but Krug is going to be playing with Kevin Miller. Thank God, gri- gri- grizz- Yeah, yeah, exact, hundred percent agree. Like, thank God.
1: Did that that play by Kevin Miller, like last night, mm-hmm. where he just walked up the sidewall, played it across. Oh no, it was uh, McAvoy, wasn't it? But it was a mirror image of what Kevin Miller did the other night. He's just—he's so good when he gets that little bit of confidence. Just, mm-hmm. like, skate up the wall and make things happen. And I love the fact that he'll skate up the wall, get to the goal line, and just throw the puck in front. Because there's so many guys like David Backus that are deadly around that area. I, I'm, I love Kevin Miller at the moment. I think he's one of the best defensemen we've got.
4: And yeah I, I'm very impressed. I have not been the biggest fan, wasn't the biggest fan when he's uh, signed his extension, but I'm slowly buying into what he's done in his contributions to this team uh, moving forward and uh, right, right now, I mean, if you're thinking about expansion uh, for Seattle, I mean he's the guy that stays for me and 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 I would think that this would be probably I'm clapping. Adam McQuaid's last hurrah with this team. Or Bacchus. Why? What's the matter with Bacchus?
2: Just contract. Seattle. Oh. I just look at Seattle and it's it could be, I'm agreeing with you. It, oh, okay. You got McQuaid, you got David Krejci, and you got Bacchus. It could be the odd men out. Right. Yeah. Um, The
4: playoff. Schedule has been somewhat released, and it's all going to depend on what happens today against Florida. And uh, the first and, two
2: games are locked, though. Yeah. Regardless who they
4: play. Um, if the Bruins win today's game, they play the New Jersey Devils. Is that correct? Correct. And that game is on Thursday, April twelfth at seven p.m. at TD Garden. If they lose today against Florida, they play Toronto. Thursday. Thursday at the same time mm-hmm. and um, at TD. So regardless, it looks like uh, the, the Bruins will have home ice advantage for the first round. The only difference I see in the schedule is when you go down to game four. Uh, the Toronto game, if they play it Thursday, it would be the 19th and not the 12th. As it is uh, the 18th, if they play New Jersey, yeah,
2: the Jersey floor. would be a Wednesday. That's yeah, I saw the same thing. I'm, I'm guessing
4: that I'm guessing that's got something to do with the Celtics being in the uh, playoffs as well. Not a basketball fan, not going to get into it, but yeah, that's, that's and there's space. concerts, yeah, other yeah, stuff going on. So, um, it, it, I know it's been going all over Twitter today and 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 in the past couple of days, but is there any matchup that anybody particularly wants, or just Let's get in the playoffs and do it.
2: Yeah.
4: I mean that's my mentality. I don't care. I don't care who's in front of us. I just want to go. I, I'm not My My expectations of this team is I just want to see them get past the first round. I mean I'm I'm one of those guys that saw the first round series last season, last year, and and it was kind of a it was very bad for me. I, I thought this team would be a little better, but they were seriously outplayed by a a obviously more skilled and outplay out outskated um, this Bruins team, the Ottawa Senators. Um, so my 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 thing is make the second round, and then I'll 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 evaluate from there. But they you had no D last
2: year. I'm sorry, I got to step that in. Come oh on. yeah, absolutely. We lost. we lost. our defense. We would have beat.
4: Right, but those are the times continue. when players yeah. need to
2: step up. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, you gotta, you got to – I love you, Mark. It's just the stepping up thing. And Sometimes when you lose those guys on defense, there's no more stepping up. what yeah. just, just who else is going to step in. They had nobody. They played Tommy Cross.
4: Yeah, I know, but the mentality all this season was one guy out, one guy in. One guy I mean – I mean, Not I mean, at the beginning of the year, it wasn't. Yeah, I know, but it's – I mean, for a majority of the season, it's been like that, so –
1: I still I still get a little laugh when New York Rangers fans talk about the upside of Rob O'Gara. Oh. It, it was to, it was Tommy Cross that got called up last year. Exactly. That. Like I I just don't see it. But Why? like he you were saying, up. like it does need to be one man down, one man up. But at the same time I think the coach has to learn from the mistakes of last year. Yeah. And So does the general manager. And they need to realise who in Providence steps up. But the thing is, this year, you've got guys playing out of the mind in Providence. Austin Zarnik. Uh, You've got half of the roster of younger kids, and you've got all the guys that are filling in on um, amateur tryouts. So you can pluck guys from down there and play them up in the main roster. The main thing is this, this... playoff is if someone gets roughed up, they've got to answer for it. And they've got to play a physical game because they didn't do that last year when guys got hurt. They just, they need to go out there and make sure that that player knows that if he hurts one of our players, that's it for him.
2: Yeah, and as, as someone who lives in Toronto, the last thing I want to do is face the Leafs in the first round and it but I, I want to heed the warning. Be careful what everybody wished for. Everybody's losing their minds saying we need to, Toronto. Like, so many people are already saying that we would lose to Toronto right away, which I, I don't care what happened in the, the regular season. But it would be nice for Tampa and Toronto, because you're going to have to play one of them anyways. be nice for them to play each other. And, you know, ho- hopefully we can take down New Jersey. But New Jersey's not a bad hockey club. Like, they made some great additions at the trade deadline. And Taylor Hall has been playing... He's going to win the Hart Trophy. Yeah, yeah, so, he's heavily favored for that. Keith Kincaid, uh, Rob and I talked about him last year, how we wanted the Bruins to pick him up, and now he's Corey Schneider is their backup goalie. So yeah,
4: what a turn the of majors, events!
2: The Devils are playing very. They picked up Vatanen, they picked up Maroon. They've been playing very good. So regardless who the Bruins play out of the Leafs or the Devils, they're both going to be a tough matchup. Do the Leafs outskate the Bruins? Not this year. I don't think they will. And I think the playoffs are a different animal. It's a totally different season. Right. Um, someone put on the um, on Twitter a couple of nights ago, um, put up the stat that the Blackhawks in 2013 lost their last four games of the year. Like, it it doesn't matter, people. Like, right. Let's get into the playoffs, whole new season. Yep. Exactly. Don't want to play the Leafs, though. It's a true story. Just don't I'd, want to rather,
1: I'd rather play Tampa than all of them teams. Yeah, seriously. Like, I think that would be the probably better match-up for the first round. Because the way I see it, both New Jersey and Toronto are fast, young and dangerous. Whereas Tampa, you kind of, you know what to expect from them. I don't think you know what to expect from two teams that haven't quite made it to the playoff picture recently and are scary good. Because Toronto can just turn it on and the same with
2: New Jersey. Yeah. Did um, New Jersey and New Jersey we have, you know, the whole history of the Brad Marchand incident this year and didn't we pick up Grabner too, who's like a bruin killer. Yep. Uh
0: yeah.
2: Like, New Jersey's not a not this walk over hockey club. People are like talking on the uh social media and I'm um, all over the place like we're going to destroy these guys four games straight. No. It's, no, that that I remains don't see it. That all remains only, to be seen.
1: The only thing difference between those two teams and Tampa is the defense and the depth on D.
2: Mm-hmm. Because Toronto's got terrible defense.
1: Yeah, but they're in the same boat as us. If someone goes down, who do you actually bring up? Because for the Bruins right now, if one D-man goes down, it's probably Zaboral that's coming up. Right. And then, like, where do you go from there? If another guy goes down, Jeremy Lawson, both guys not played NHL hockey at all. Uh, I just, like, they're in the same boat as us, so I think that makes them just as dangerous as the Bruins are right now.
2: Yeah, regardless, I think we're going to get past the first round, regardless who we play. Yeah. It's just someone's, uh, I think it was Elliot Freeman. you you got to beat the teams anyways to get there, you know? you got to win 16 games. What does it matter? Yep.
4: Um... And we, we talked about the guys in, uh, down in Providence uh, with uh, Josh B. today, and that's in the second hour of the show, so uh, he's the writer from uh, com, and we had a good discussion about all the prospects, so we'll talk about that later on, so stay tuned for that. Um, uh, this week came out that uh, Rick Nash, uh, and I, I kind of alluded to it when we, when we had on um, Matt Kalman that... Uh, he's got a concussion and he's recovering from it, and he's just been on the ice for the the past uh, couple of days. Um, Today, too. Yeah. So, when he comes back healthy, and obviously it's it, it, it's it's ruled out that him and Caralee are not going to be in today's lineup. So, as the you know the the first round of the playoffs sets to begin. Uh, who takes his spot and who? I mean, where's Who's he gonna
2: spot?
4: go? He? So, as a
1: well, just, uh, Court can go. I think he's no, no, no. Go. No, that's okay. why I said your name. Uh, if uh, if Nash comes back, he's gonna be third or fourth line. And he doesn't fit in in the top two, top two lines. No chance. You don't take. Donato and Dabrowski away from Krejci when they're playing so well. Uh, you you don't break up that first line because it's been one of the best first lines in the NHL all season long. To be honest, probably play with Bacchus on the third line. Maybe him, Bacchus, and Riley Nash as the third line.
4: Yeah, depending then, on what happens when he comes back, too.
1: Yeah, and then you put a guy like Heinen maybe on the fourth line with Wingles and uh, it's it's hard to tell, like other than him and Wingles, you got interchangeable pieces there. So, but the thing is, when they all come back, doesn't someone have to be sent down to Providence? Are we not uh, over you the can roster? Have
2: a, I believe you can have a bigger roster for the playoffs. yeah
4: Black Aces.
2: Ah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it matters, does it? I think you. How many people are you allowed to have? I
4: don't. I'm not sure if there's a, an actual number. There might be but i know that they could bring up a lot of guys that uh, yeah. if if providence wasn't involved in the call of the cup playoffs so then arnick would be on the roster i would
2: right wait. right yeah just um, just to have right yeah i, I honestly think that it's going to be donato as your third line center and nash gets uh, riley nash will be your fourth line center and Corrali is the one that sits and that rick nash goes back to that second line i, I think debrusque is the one that sewed himself and the hint of Donato being that third line center is he played center last game and played it effectively well. Yep. That still allows you to use him on the first power play or the second power play. Um, but I will say this just like Tyler Sagan in his first playoffs, there's going to be extremely short leash on Donato. He screws yeah. up, he, he's, he's, he's going to sit and he might not get back in the lineup. But play a team like Toronto, you want Donato playing. Yeah, you play oh, a team yeah. like New Jersey. You might play Corrali in different situations depending on if you're at home or not just based on the matchups. But if you're playing Toronto, I I, I can't see how Donato doesn't play. It's not like they're a big team. It's not like they do a lot of hitting. Except Cadre. But Codry's going to be going against Bergeron. Yeah.
4: I'm looking at the uh, the lineup that Jack Edwards uh, put out before last night's game. And you don't, in in my opinion, you don't mess around with the chemistry that the top six have right now. But uh, on the third line of Heinen, Backus, and Achari. Achari, will, I think Achari and Schaller, Colby cave has gone. Brian mm-hmm. Giante's probably not going to play. Mm-hmm. I think Achari and and Schaller are going to be uh, in and out of the lineup, possibly in the playoffs. And, and, and that Achari spot on the third line could be easily taken by Rick Nash because Rick Nash is one of those versatile players that could play on the left side and the right side, preferably on the right because of his shooting. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I like the things that I see. I like the depth of the team, regardless of, of who's playing, but uh, you, you st- when you're going into the postseason, you definitely want guys that, that you know have been together for a while, and I wouldn't want to sh- <laughs> shuffle lines around too much. But, you know, and, and then they go into... You know, Corrali, Corrali's returning soon. He's been skating, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, this is a good problem to have, even though I
2: can't figure out what, what, what the best lineup's going to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's a lot like the situation of last year when, you know, McAvoy was signed. We're like, well, we don't – everybody – some of us saying he should be in the lineup right away, some people were saying he's not. Injury, but Donato has now already done what McAvoy did and come into the lineup. Yep. And it's I just see it I, I see the leash being very small. Um, like I said about the second but I just see it so hard to take him out of that lineup. Like, it's just Donato, I, he's just that good. Yeah. He plays a heavy see, game. I don't know and he's played in the Olympics, and that's huge.
1: I don't know if he plays third line center. Maybe they just unleash him and say, Look, play hockey. Like, oh,
2: it's the playoffs. Yeah.
1: yeah don't, like, don't think about it too much. Just go out there and do what we know you can do.
2: But if that had... guy,
1: when he's let loose, is deadly.
2: Like, Think about that third line of Heinen, him, and Bacchus in the playoffs. It's disgusting. Yeah. You'd have him and Heinen playing with the park, you'd have Bacchus digging out all the corners. It's just and like when we had.
1: Heinen's shot recently has been ridiculous
2: hmm Snipes. Snipes. Yep.
1: And he loves that blocker side high. Like, he loves coming in off the right wing. So...
2: And then you'd have Nash with DeBras. Cause I know we're talking about chemistry, but when Nash was on that line, he played extremely well with them. He did,
1: yeah. yeah like,
2: we, did. remember we were at the game mark and we were up in the box, and I was like, <clears> oh, Nash is going to paw one, boom. Yep. Like, that line played very well together. And then you had... That would give us, like, disgusting three lines. Like, disgusting.
1: It's still... Pisses me off that De Bruyne did not win the 7th player award.
2: Oh, oh yeah, you like, haven't been here. He's, to... like,
1: he's like the Bergeron of the offensive zone. How many takeaways does he have on the night?
2: Or Riley like, Nash? Just, just not McAvoy. Yeah.
1: Just digging in the corners. Like that guy is relentless. It's like he's constantly playing for a place in the lineup, even though he's guaranteed time. I, I just think he's for what he is, for the first year guy in the NHL, played amazing, can't wait to see him in the playoffs
4: Um, One thing that I've I've really noticed about this uh, Bruins team on on the defense especially and I'm I'm not overly sure if this is because of their three game losing streak last week but Brandon Carlo was injured on the uh, last day of the month of March with a pretty gruesome injury and kind of fell apart kind of a little bit, but is it now showing the importance of Brandon Carlo and, and how bad people really crapped on him uh, or, or continue to? And and, and, for, and for the record, you know, people that are applauding an injury like this to get him out of the lineup, is you're just a jerk. You're a moron. I, I, I've gotten tweets saying that, oh, it's about time he got out of the lineup and it took an injury. That's just not right, man. I mean, this guy's a human being, and he plays a role on this team, regardless of people like him or not. And I just think it's really asinine that somebody would would go out uh, out of the way to say something like that.
1: It's it's a bit of a mix of uh, <clears throat> the Bruins definitely missing Brandon Carlo, and the fact that he played that like pivotal role. And I think like your middle pairing right side. Is, has always been a guy who's played the penalty kill and played a lot of five-on-five five minutes, and it, it's hard to like switch those guys up. I mean, you see it when a, when even when like a guy like Adam McQuaid goes out of the lineups, like the shots, uh, the shot blocks per game went down tremendously. Yeah, and I, I just think it's the same with him. He puts his body in the way all the time. Um he's great on the penalty kill, especially the second part of the season, that second half. Um I think he's the most unlucky guy ever for it to happen to him two years in a row at the same, same point. Corner. Yep, same corner. Yeah, exactly same place on the this.
2: ice. Yeah, that was well, weird.
1: While it was happening, they were digging the puck out of the corner, and as he twisted, Jack Edwards was just saying, like, oh, that's the same place that he injured himself last year as he was going down I was like oh my god jinxed jinxed him it's not good but he's gonna miss the whole playoffs all playoffs that's bad yeah I feel so sorry for the guy because he's worked his ass off the last month so yeah and he's
2: and he's key for the penalty kill like key
1: especially if Chara takes it penalty.
2: and he can play for minutes right like the, yeah. the playoffs are all about minute crunching and Carlo is a guy that can play a ton of minutes. And, and someone was, I was talking with someone on Twitter today and they were, they brought up the point that um, about how, you know, it's people dump on him cause he's not that flashy guy offensively. So they, they don't, don't not, they notice his mistakes. It's just like, I, I notice uh, Grizzlick's mistakes a lot and, you know, people forgive him for his mistakes for his offensive ability but they don't do that for carlo ever it's just wow. unfortunately now you're noticing how much we're missing him but i know we're gonna <clears throat> i think kevin miller could be that role in the playoffs especially if we look at last year miller had a fantastic playoff mcquade actually had a fantastic playoff till he got hurt so if McQuaid can slot into that miller spot and then you have krug play with miller and it looks like Cassie's going to try it out tonight anyway. He's going to have Crude play with Miller.
1: And I think you tell Miller as well, no, no fighting. Like, let guys like Adam McQuaid deal with that. Like, I want to see him kept healthy and kind of babied a bit. Because if you lose Kevin Miller, who plays your top four, Holden on the offside, like, I wouldn't like to see a guy play the offside during the playoffs because we've seen quite a few mess-ups on the d to d passes, so it's just, like, everyone's worrying now, like, everyone's picking apart every little thing that could happen to the Bruins, and maybe they do sail through the first round, but... If injuries start to happen, then panic in the teams are going to set in because they'll think back to last year and what happened. So, and that's never good. Yeah,
4: you, know, you know what's funny about when people evaluate or fans evaluate is you know they give crap to a person like Brandon DiCarlo and and then they still go after a player like Tori Krug who who's having an absolute career year. And believe it or not, there's a lot of people out there that I mean, I mean, hockey personalities. That have mentioned uh, to Torrey himself that you know, you know, there's there's some Norris considerations there. Yeah. It, it might be a little out of the realm. He might be a way lower ranked, but it, he, he's being spoken about it, and that that is just that that's good things to hear uh, from a defenseman that of his uh, offensive ability and his and the way he transitions a puck out of the defensive zone. I mean, he's not a bad player as everybody seems to think he is or most seem to think he is. I I just like the way that the, 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 the this Bruce Cassidy system allows the defense to 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 handle that puck instead of uh you know a Julian system where it was like, "Oh, right, let's skate a little bit, but let's look back and see if we can pass it back and and you know, not get in that neutral zone just yet." These guys want to take the puck and move it out and, and create something offensive.
1: Yeah. And I think Krug's quarterback the power play better than most defensemen in the league. Yeah. Um, you, you see that with McAvoy playing the second power play unit most nights. Um, like, McAvoy's a very gifted offensive weapon, especially on the power play. But Torrey Krug's by far better this season. Um. I think he's one of the most undervalued defensemen in the league when you look at him. And especially as an undrafted player that we paid nothing for. Yeah. And his cap's not too bad either. Oh, and his terms not too bad. I mean, I, I just think if you didn't have him right now and you've only got one more year of Chara left, that left side would look really, really bad. So I think I think during the playoffs as well, it'll play a big role because that power play needs to keep putting pucks in the back of the net on a nightly basis.
4: Yeah, and 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 look at look at the difference between 2011 and this year for this upcoming playoff run. They they scored one power play goal in the whole playoffs in 0-11, right? Yeah. And look at the power play now. And then you think yeah. about. The offensive, you know, not not the special teams. Get away from that for a second. But look at how many thirty goal scorers were on the 2011 team. Do you guys know how many?
1: Two.
4: One. Uh, M- Milan Lucic. Four. And look how many we have this year. And then you look a little deeper and look how many twenty goal scorers we have. I mean, if you look at it, I look that... how bad that guy is this year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. He <Ooh. laughs> basically wants out of uh, out of. Edmonton, practically begging to get
2: out. You're talking
4: about Milan, right? Oh yeah. Okay. He's, he's, uh, he's dog shit this year. That well, that that contract that's... was awful.
1: Oh yeah. But that that's also on him. Like he accepted that. Yeah.
4: Oh, and, and Shirelli gave it.
1: Yeah. Well, he you guarant- I guaranteed that he was going to Edmonton when that happened because I was like Chiarelli's just gonna pay him so much money and so much term and he's not the player that everyone thinks he is right i remember like just tweeting edmonton fans that were trying to justify it just going i'm a bruins fan don't even try (laughs) no he's starting to goon it up as well again yeah well trying to
2: but the problem is the nhl isn't like i i so many people are the playoffs are a little bit different. There's going to be more hitting. But so many people are like, oh, when out of, uh, McQuaid's out of the lineup during the season, this they're like, we need the toughness. What do you need the toughness for? Yeah, I don't get that either. It, it's Who? speed and skill now. That's, yeah.
1: That's the thing.
2: And especially look if you play Toronto in the first line.
1: Sheesh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you had slow but tough guys, you'd be dead in the water in the first round. Really bad. But like... Other guys have stepped up with the toughness. I think this year, like you, you do get it from all up and down the lineup. Look at that fourth line. How many <laughs> hits have they got this season? And you need more toughness because Adam McQuaid's out of the lineup now. No, <laughs> so you no got, way.
4: You got players like David Pasternak throwing down a fight <laughs> a couple of games ago. Oh
1: yeah, and then <laughs> uh, oh, like that was against uh, oh Girardi, wasn't it? Yeah, and. Kucherov wouldn't go with anyone. Oh, I can't wait till we see the lightning in the playoffs. Oh, Kucherov is going to get just drilled by someone. And I don't mean that in a way that I want him to get injured. I just want to see him get pushed about because he's a little POS. So, yeah.
4: Um, speaking of end of the year uh, events. Um, the, the NHL named, um, a new award that's going to be presented at the, uh, the award ceremony in Las Vegas this year, uh, in honor of, uh, Willie O'Ree and, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry we didn't put you in the hall of fame award. No, it's the Willie O'Ree community hero award. I'm well aware. I know it's for, um. Uh, players in the league that go above and beyond outside the rink uh, in their community. So um, huge congrats to him. Uh, well-deserved. And hopefully, hopefully, like Court alluded to, it's it's a step to him to get into the Hockey Hall of Fame. Hey, everybody. I'm sorry to say that we had to end the show um, on this note, but we had technical difficulties. And I'm actually finishing this, the, this segment up on my phone because um, my Internet is gone. So... Um I really wanted to uh get together with the guys and talk about something that happened on Friday night um in Saskatchewan and it, it really touched home for us even though that the, the recording studio is in Boston and uh Court is in Toronto and Rob is in um in the UK. But um it hit the hockey community kinda hard and, and that's the uh tragic events that happened to the Humboldt um Broncos team. Uh, on Friday night when their bus was uh, involved in a head-on collision uh, with a tractor-trailer truck, so um, We are uh, very sad at this moment um, We really feel for the families as a hockey community. We we try to get together as much as we can and and that's um, very apparent on the uh, GoFundMe page that was created to help these families um, in the grieving process and and uh, the Black and Gold Hockey Productions team, whether it be the podcast or the uh, website content writers, and they're fantastic. Uh, we've all pitched in and donated to that fund, and and when I made the uh, donation uh, in honor in, in honor of them uh, from us, um, it was at a little over a hundred thousand dollars, and right now it's I think I believe it's approaching almost four million dollars, maybe even close to five million. But um, kudos to everybody that that uh has donated and um you know i just like i said i really feel bad for those families and and we do come back together as a hockey community and you know it's, it's a hockey family so uh again apologize for the the way the show ended but um please stay tuned for um my interview with uh with um josh yeah, the writer from uh shipping up the and um He does a fantastic job, and he's been joining us every week. So um, we'll be right back after this short break. Passion,
0: talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Johnny Gaudreau. Backhand scores! Wow,
2: what a goal. Joe
0: Pavelski. And Shane Gossisper were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit CollegeHockeyInc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world.
4: Puck gets under the skate of Nicky Petty and Jack
0: short shorthanded breakaway scores. Tucks it in underneath Cole CC and it's a one nothing Oshawa lead. Now McLeod mishandles and Donato tries to make a pay. Here's Donato. In deep, Ryan Donato curls and scores. A highlight reel goal for Ryan Donato. goes to his left. In front, and that's Fred Frederick on the one-time redirect. Frederick with his fourth and team USA now up eight to two. <laughs>
4: Hey, Bruins fans. As mentioned earlier in the uh, in the episode, we have Josh back after a, a week off uh, uh, celebrating the Easter holiday. Uh, you can find him at 2Causeway on Twitter, and please follow his blog. He does a great job on uh, Providence Bruins updates on the on weekend basis uh, at, um, I'm sorry, shippingtocauseway.com is where you can find Josh's work. Josh, thank you very much for joining me today.
5: Mark, I'm so glad to be back. It's nice to finally do this again. I felt a little weird last week not getting our prospect talking, so glad to be back. We've got a lot to talk about this week.
4: Man, you're going to be suffering over the offseason,
5: man. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm not sure what I'm going to be able to do, but I mean, fortunately, in July, we've got a dev camp coming up. So even if I don't, we don't manage to get creds to that, still plenty to talk about. Kind of, It'll be a nice overview of all the prospects in one spot.
4: Oh definitely and uh, we'll be sure to because uh, we're prospect guys we'll be sure to um dive into the the draft development camp um, oh yeah exactly so the draft. there's this a couple of things for the for the um the off season to touch on but but um more more or less it's going to be a nice break for us before we uh, get into the 2018 nineteen season so um uh, a lot of good things happening. Especially down in Providence, where we're going to start our conversation today, Um, on April third, a a morning game uh, at the Webster Bank Arena, with the uh, Providence Bruins played the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. Uh, Bridgeport walks away with a three to two victory, uh, starting off in the first period with no scoring. Uh, Second period, uh, Providence gets on the board from uh, eight. Adam Peril's 8th goal from uh, Colton Hargrove at 9.57. Jumping into the 3rd period, uh, Providence, Colton Hargrove scores his 15th from Trent Frederick at 6.12. And that was it for the Bruins scoring as they take the 3-2 loss. Uh, Providence shots on goal, 34-25. Uh, to 25. I'm sorry, 20. Providence had 25 shots and Bridgeport had 34. Uh, power play opportunities were 0 for 1 for the V's, and Vladar gets the loss. He is 2-2-1-0 this season, stopping 31 or 34 shots, and there were 7,451 screaming kids at the arena that day. Did you Did you watch the game? I did.
5: I did not like what I saw from the team that day. It was. Uh... It seemed like they did not come out with any urgency or any. It seems like they were still in bed. Basically, they did not seem like they were prepared for that game.
4: Yeah, I I, I did not watch the game because I had to do my my uh, regular forty-hour job. But I did listen to it, and it and even though we got the the Bridgeport Sound Tigers feed because uh, the Providence Bruins don't have a radio program anymore, uh, it just seemed like. It, the bees weren't weren't all there like you like you mentioned and um even though it came from like that 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 sound tiger's feed and they weren't overly biased you know um they they weren't saying very good things about the way that the baby bees played nor the way that 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 uh, the sound tigers played because I thought that they played a little sluggish themselves very uh, untoned game if you can if you understand what I mean.
5: Absolutely. I think the brightest spot on that game was uh, the interesting appearance of uh, Daniel Vladar. as uh, Jordan Bennington had to go back to his parent club for something and then was returned later on in the week.
4: Yeah, um, if I'm not mistaken, he left for personal reasons. I think that might have been something uh, to do with his family.
5: Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'd heard nope. something to do with his team.
4: No problem. Um, and the second game of the week uh, was against the Hartford Wolf Pack uh, at the Dunkin' Donuts Center on Friday, April 6th. Uh, Providence beats up the uh, the, the pack uh, by the 6-3 score. Uh, the first period, uh, Anton Bleed scores his first from Hughes and Stunica, and uh, with that Stunika assist at seven fifty nine, 59 uh, I believe that was his first professional point. Is that correct?
5: All right. It was. It was. I believe he got two points that night. If I was looking at the score sheet correctly. Yep. Pull that back up. Yeah, he got a secondary assist and then a primary assist, if I'm not mistaken.
4: Yep. Uh, In the uh, again in the first period, Jordan Swartz scores his 21st uh, from Fitzgerald and Zarnick at nine ten. The second period, Providence Fitzgerald scores his 18th from Zarnick and Postma on the power play at 258. And Providence gets on the board again with another goal from uh, Fitzgerald, his 19th at 837, which is unassisted. And one more for the second period because it was a very, very entertaining uh, frame. Providence, uh, Trent Frederick scores his third from Hargrove and Peril at 1042. And... Jump into the third period. Providence uh, Austin Zarnik scores his twenty-second from Studnika, as you mentioned, at 15:53, and that ended the game for the Bruins on uh, the goal department. Shots on goal for Providence was 39 to 21. Uh, power play opportunities one for five for the Baby Bees, and goalies uh, Zane McIntyre got the victory, uh, stopping 36, 37 of 40 shots. And there were eight thousand eight hundred and seventy nine fans at the dunk that night.: So My that was and I were two of them. Oh yeah, you went to that you was, guys went to the game,
5: huh: That was such a good game. yeah, we um, we had a couple of Flex tickets left over from our season ticket membership, so uh, yeah, we in fact, we're catching we literally are catching every single game in this weekend series, which is awesome. We'll be We were there yesterday and Friday and then uh, today at against Lehigh Valley. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, Friday night's game was so entertaining to watch. I mean, it was another one of those great start games where you have barely sat down in your seat and then immediately Providence is putting up goals on the board, which is what they really needed to do because they took advantage of a Hartford team that seemed to have the same kind of start that Providence did in Bridgeport on the Tuesday game. It seemed like they were a little disorganized, a little kind of disinterested almost. And then Providence scores two quickies and all of a sudden it's 2-0 going into the first intermission and it that set the tone for the about that set the tone for about like till midway through the third period when Hartford started to find a little rhythm to their game but even so i mean mcintyre stopping 37 of 40 shots is impressive because he might have let in three goals but his save percentage was still i believe uh 0.925 if i'm correcting counting things properly but yeah he did a he did a great job
4: that night nice yeah and uh the last game of the week uh was uh saturday april 7th um against the bridgeport sound tigers seems like we're playing these guys so many times it's ridiculous. But uh the baby bees walk away with a four to two victory at the Webster Bank Arena. Uh the first period. Uh Jeremy Lawson, one kid that I've really followed since he left the uh Corvette Bainjee Junior Hockey League at r- the River Huskies, and I probably hacked the shit out of that. Um got his first goal, which is uh it's good for him and his confidence. Uh really uh, good goal coming in and pinching in down low um with uh uh cam hughes and trent frederick uh, assisting at 629 so hopefully one of many for him i have a thought on that but i want to let you get through the rest of the
5: scoring before we kind of chit chat about that one
4: no problem i uh, jump into the second period providence uh, colton Highgrove scores the 16th from peril and Zaboral on the power play at 852 and providence uh Paul Postma gets his first as a Providence Bruins player from Higher Grove and Studnika at 17.05. Jump into the third period, uh, Providence workhorse and, and point leader. Austin Zionics goes to 23 from Cross and Postma on the power play at 10.59. And that would do it as the Bruins win 4 to 2. Shots on goal had Providence at 23, Bridgeport 25. Power play opportunities. Uh, two for six for the Providence Bruins, and the goalies uh, Bennington gets the win, uh, stopping twenty-three of twenty-five in front of four thousand six hundred and fifty-eight
5: fans. Um, I'm I'm actually impressed that that number was that high because it really did not seem like there were that many people there at the Webster Bank Arena last yeah, I, night.
4: I watched the game, and you saw a lot of blue seats. Oh um, yeah,
5: oh yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's it was, it was a little sad. But anyways, on my thought, um, it's a more technical aspect of the game. It seemed like Providence was activating its D incredibly well last night, hence the goal from Lauzon kind of knowing when to pinch and when to join the attack. And then you had Paul Postma, who was, if you watch the goal, he was kind of walking in as he was taking that shot, putting himself in a perfect position to light the goalie up. And it was it was amazing. It really was. It was just such a well-placed shot. And it's good because Postman and Clifton are two of the only right-handed defensemen that Providence has. Like, they've got a huge cupboard full of left-shot defensemen. So it was good. He was in position. He was in the right spot. And the D was being activated so masterfully last night. i got to give my hat off to uh, Jay Leach right there because he he had a great game plan there.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Providence Bruins have four games remaining, starting today at 3.05 against the Atlantic leading and second place team in the Eastern Conference, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, at the Dunkin' Donut Center. Uh, as it looks right now, per AHL.com website, the Baby Bees will play the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins in the first round of the 2018 Call the Cup playoffs. Um... This is going to be exciting. I mean, I'm looking forward to to what's going to happen um in the in the Calder Cup playoffs for this uh Providence Bruins team. Um and they actually clinched with last night's win. Um and they've only missed the playoffs uh 5 times in the last 26 years of of uh existence. So, um lots of good things uh happening. I think the team's coming together, like you said, with the way Jay Leach is is you know projecting his lines and how he uh, orchestrates um, everybody, and uh, and puts players correctly with with the way chemistry is seen. So, um, he's had a really good first year as a, as an AHL uh, head coach, and it, and it shows that it's seen from his peers as he was the uh, the all-star coach for the East or the Atlantic division. Was that correct? Yes, he was. Yeah. So not bad
5: for your first year as head coach.
4: Absolutely not. I mean, I mean, it's an all-star, you know, nomination or, you know, a pick, but um, it still shows that, you know, you're doing something positive, even if it's at the, uh, the middle of the season and uh, hopefully they can uh, get a nice playoff run and uh, get the second call of the cup in 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 franchise history. Um, I, I'm there's still a lot of work to go before I can see that long playoff run, and I hope that they have the time to figure it out uh, starting today and then and then the three games a- after this. Um, there's a lot of positives there, but uh, putting it all together seems to be it's been a roller coaster ride this season, and you know they, to be a team at first place in, in in December and January to going down as low as fourth and third. You know what I mean? Uh, there's been some... Um, it's been a tough year, so... To put the where they are in the standings right now is... It's good.
5: I feel like, like you said, there was kind of some inconsistencies, but as the year has worn along, the newer players have stepped up their own level of play. They've stepped up... To the challenge and answered it pretty well since that disastrous january where they had a terrible record and yeah. it's it's showing now i mean now they're cha- kind of challenging for second place if they can manage to win i believe th- at least three out of the next four games i think they'll be in a great spot to challenge for uh for second place give them home ice advantage over wilkes bear and honestly if they don't have home ice advantage against wilkes bear i'm not worried I've seen them play Wilkes-Bear enough this season to know that I think Providence has the edge in a season like that, because they won the season series with Wilkes-Bear by virtue of points. Therefore, I'm I'm assuming, I'm projecting that as it has been this season, thus it will be in the playoffs. It's yeah. kind of like that you've seen... Um, Uh, Boston play Tampa this year there was that one game where we didn't do well against them sure okay I understand that you can't win them all but it seems that since uh, like 2014-15 we've kind of had Tampa's number and have won twice or almost even three times the number of games that we've lost against them so I'm I'm confident I think if this is going to be a great first round matchup for us and I honestly hope that the Charlotte Checkers can beat up on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms enough for us to have a chance against them in the second round, because that's going to be that's going to be the real measuring stick of how far this team has come since September, October.
4: Oh, absolutely. And and as of right now, uh, before the the Wilkes Barre, um, I'm sorry, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms game today, uh, the Providence Bruins are 43, 24, three and two with 91 points. The third in the Atlantic, fifth in the East, sixth in the AHL. So yeah, they are, like you said, in a in a pretty decent um, uh, area when it comes to playoff talk, and and definitely um, that, like you said, that that measuring stick is going to be the teams that are going to be outside of that first round when they go and meet them in the second round, and I and I definitely think that uh, Lehigh Valley will be there. And uh, if Providence can get past Brooks we'll express Granton, um, that you know, the, there's a great, great odds that they're going to face each other. And and if you can win a series like that against a very, very talented Lehigh Valley team uh, that is coached by former Providence Bruins uh, head coach uh, Scott Gordon, um, you you will definitely cater yourself into a good situation against a team. In in the east, like like Toronto, or
0: oh yeah,
4: you know, I mean, you're gonna have those teams in the conference finals, like 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 they did with uh, Syracuse last year. I mean, even though Syracuse trucked over the Providence Bruins on the, you know the, <laughs> it, that was a pretty bad series in my that opinion. Brutal, and that was brutal. and honestly, and I'm not a very big guy on Zane McIntyre, but I I. He did not have a good series at all, and, and and his defense in front of him didn't either. I understand that it's a team sport and everything like that, but when you look at the way that goals were given up in that series, I was just blown away by what I saw during the regular season, what I saw against Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, uh, the Hershey uh, Bears, and then going into um, a conference final like that, and you just kind of fold, it was uh, a little disappointing, but Hopefully that team can revive itself and and get back to at least the conference finals, if not make it to the uh, the called the cup final, uh, regardless of winning or not.
5: Absolutely, I think the additions of um, honestly, even though they're on ATOs, I think the additions of Studnika and Kaiser will actually benefit the team.
4: Yeah, uh,
5: especially I... Studnika. My goodness, he's been playing. He, he his first game was he was a little timid even though he got two points he was a little timid kind of a new 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 surroundings new settings but he jumped right in and it seemed as the game wore on he just became more and more comfortable with him it looked like leach was kind of letting the leash out with him because at first he didn't get a lot of shifts and then it seemed as as the time progressed it was it was more and more as the trust kind of grew between player and
2: coach
4: yeah exactly um, I think Sneek is a, a fantastic 200-foot player. i watched him many, many times. Um, I, I mean, he was a 2017 second-round pick from the Bruins, so I've actually paid a lot more attention since he got uh, selected in the June draft of uh, last summer. So mm-hmm. I've had a whole season under my belt to at least get um, 30 of the 60 or 78-game season uh, to watch him. And uh, and and properly evaluate, and well, not properly evaluate, but give my un- unprofessional opinion about what I see and 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 my evaluation of a player like that. And like I said, two hundred foot player, good vision, great hands uh, in exactly. close, uh, gets to the net. Um, and, and you know, he's a big enough. He's not a huge, huge uh, center, but I mean, he's got decent size strength for his age right now.
5: Exactly. Yeah, he's playing. It seems outside of his frame. He's got kind of a bigger presence than his frame would uh I guess allow might be the correct term here. Yep. But he's just playing yeah, outside of the out like out and around. He's he's got more range than he than you'd think he would. He's he's very he's good with his hands, like you said, in close. Him and Frederick are really good at that, in fact. Just kind of that ability to uh stick handle in a phone booth almost and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see Studnika, especially so close. It's nice to be able to, instead of having to travel to Oshawa, to be able to see him on my own backyard, basically.
4: Yeah. And and very important to note, and, and I'm going to go off on a little rant right here because it, it just aggravates the crap out of me, but in certain websites out there, they, they hear something and they will jump on it, and I respect that, but a lot of them just have to take a couple minutes and relax and breathe and just research a little further into, into things before you publish them. Um, a player like Studnika and Kaiser, they're not permanent players now. They're not moving up. They are 19 years old. There's, a, there's a, uh, an agreement between the Canadian Hockey League, which is made up of the Western Hockey League, the Q, and the O. And they all have an agreement that if you're under 20, 20 years old, you either make the NHL roster or you're sent back to your junior team. These two players, and also uh, Cedric Paire, who plays for the uh, Saint John Sea Dogs, was involved in an article from a, a similar website saying that he's coming to Providence on a permanent thing. Just because they're on ELCs doesn't mean they're staying permanently. I, I don't understand why people can't get that.
5: Yeah, I mean the junior eligibility is uh goes up to 21, but AHL eligibility starts at age 20 no matter who you are. Right. So r- regardless if you have an ELC, the only way that they'd be able to play for the AHL I believe is if they play they made the NHL roster and then were sent down. No, and not even, even that. Not um, even that. I, once okay. you once I was about you play say, that even sounds like a gray area to me. But once yeah, you're you right, play you're the guy.
4: nine games, if you if you play the nine games, you're in. You are on the NHL roster. But if if you suddenly go and you're not on the roster anymore, you can't play in the AHL. You're sent back.
5: That's that's a bit ridiculous. Now but it is. It, but my it,
4: commentary on AHL will be will be limited to that statement only. <laughs> it, it it is kind of ridiculous and I don't I don't particularly like it but it it, it it's good for the uh those three leagues uh to the north um, for revenue you know people buy their jerseys Asshole. you oh, know yeah. you and all of a sudden you uh, like Jack Seneca get drafted by the Boston Bruins in the second round you know some kid uh, family went out and bought a, a $200 jersey of his and then all of a sudden he's you know gone after uh, so many so many games That's kind of a waste, you know what I mean? Plus, they want to keep those players like that, those high-profile players around, um, you know, just so the NHL just can't come in, swipe down, and and steal them.
5: Right, especially with some of the players out in, say, some of the lesser-attended rinks, maybe out in the WHL, where... You know, you have these small communities with small WHL teams like, uh, for instance, the Brandon, Brandon Wheat Kings and the Medicine Hat Tigers. I mean, they're not exactly the biggest barns. They're not exactly the biggest fan bases. So, they, yeah, they absolutely have to keep some of their talent around it. I could definitely see it from that point of view.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's something, you know, college players, they can't sign a, a pro deal. They can't, you know, or they lose their, their, their scholarship eligibility. It's the same thing but they can come to development camp they have a short window where they can play but they can't come to um like just say rookie camp or, or main training camp if they do attend that that's considered a professional atmosphere and you therefore fit your um your amateur
5: uh, yeah amateur eligibility as well
4: yeah um jumping down to the east coast hockey league um Returning to action on Friday night, Dan Vladar, uh, the um, Atlanta—I'm sorry, Atlanta Gladiators—allowed uh, three goals on April 6, Friday night, in the 4-3 victory over the Orlando Solar Bears, where he stopped 35 of 38 shots. Uh, his last game was on March 31st in a loss to the Florida Everblades. Uh, he's been called up and down to Providence, um, like we mentioned in the. Uh, when we're going over the stat sheet uh the 2017-18 regular season is over for the Atlantic Gladiators and ended on a on a bad note with a 4-0 nothing shout out to Greenville on um, last night as we record this on Sunday uh April 8th uh even though the Gladiators had a sub 500 record with a 32 win, 35 loss, 2 and 3 they uh They snuck into the 2018 Kelly Cup playoffs uh, as the fourth and final team in the South Division and ninth in the um, Eastern Conference with 69 points in 72 games. Now, I I just want to really quickly uh, throw up the um, East Coast Hockey League standings because I I, kind of need some help with this one. Um,
5: Yeah, it's a bit confusing. It's very
4: confusing because um let me see standings all right so what do you got going on there you got some crunchy shit
5: oh yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs)
4: um so and when you're looking at the the conference standings you have um the Florida Everblades, just running away with it. Then you got South Carolina, Adirondack, Reading, Manchester, Worcester. And they all have X's, so they've all clinched. But then mm-hmm. at 7th, you have the Wheeling Nailers. They have not clinched. They have 79 points. And then you have Orlando, 8th place, which clinched at 75 points. And then... The Atlanta Gladiators snuck right in there at ninth place, and they clinch, and they have sixty nine points. So, this maybe is it the, has something to do with divisions and wild cards. It, you know what? It that's, I didn't even think of that. That's my best guess. It's got to be then, because when you when you click back on divisions, and yeah, wheeling. Has seventy nine point yeah so they they're the fifth place so that's the way it, I don't know but I've never seen anything like that before you know maybe because I'm paying attention to the NHL more than um, and the, the way they do their standings and so on <coughs> yeah, excuse me but um, yeah I just found that very strange but Dan's been playing uh, decent I mean he's not been playing great he's he's one game um, below five hundred for his um, season so uh, I just I can't wait for this kid to get up in the in the AHL permanently where he has a better defense in front of him Yeah,
5: absolutely. I feel like his numbers (laughs) suffer just because of the uh, Caliber of players that he's playing with and I know I feel like we say that a lot But it's so true And never mistake the prospect for the team that he's playing for
4: And this is the way I see the developing depth going down Next season, I I don't do not see Zane McIntyre jumping to the NHL. I actually yep. have a feeling that they're going to uh, either resign Hudobin, uh, who's had a pretty decent season this year, a lot better than anybody expected, but lately I'm very disappointed in, um, uh, and uh, and Dan Vladar. I want I want those two to be the goaltending tandem in Providence next season, and. You know, Kyle Keyes is going to go back to his junior program. Um, and obviously, Swayman is going to be staying in the, in Maine. Uh, so there could be like a free agent signing for a placement in the East Coast Hockey League. Um, or I'm
5: not even sure about that, to be honest. I know that um, certain ELCs can go down there, but you've got to be. Yeah, it's kind of a, a fuzzy area.
4: Right, but... Kyle Keys is nineteen years old. Oh yeah, he can't right play movie. in the East Coast Hockey League either. <clears throat> so, that could be something that um, they could draft this year. Mm. If they draft somebody, and they could play him in the East Coast Hockey League, but that would only be uh, a collegiate um, hockey player uh, if the if he comes and wants to turn pro, um, or
5: like Dan Vladares. is where he's from one of the European countries and he doesn't have the same age restrictions as you would find in the CHL.
4: Right. And I I would like to see him uh like at least get contact with Stephen Dillon. And I know he's probably gonna be the, the same situation. I think he's under twenty, so he's gonna have to go back to the Niagara Ice Dogs, but he uh he had a short stay with the um the Boston Bruins development camp in two thousand sixteen when it mm-hmm. was um when that was being held at the Rajusha um War Memorial Arena in Wilmington, Mass. The and fridge. I, yeah, the fridge. <laughs> You've been there, huh? Yep. Oh, that was that place was so cold. Um, July, it's a hundred and something outside, and it's like three degrees. In there. Yeah, three degrees inside. Uh, but I thought it was. He's a big kid. He plays the the, the cr- down low crease very well, uh, and he's having a decent season for the Niagara Ice Dogs this season. That uh, beat the. Um, Archbishop Generals in the first round to move on to the second, so... um mm. I don't know. He still remains undrafted for two straight years, so the Bruins could either draft him or they could just outright sign him if before anybody else, but I don't know. It remains to see what happens with uh Atlanta um, next season. I, I do believe that the agreement with them with the Boston Bruins has one more season and... Uh, it could be an opportunity that right around September or October, the announcement is made that they they could possibly move to the main Mariners. Exactly. Yeah, I've got a lot
5: of people who are really hoping for that because that would open up two avenues of you can go see Bruins prospects
4: exactly at developmental
5: leagues instead of having to you know just wait till they come around to the Bruins if 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 they even make it.
4: Yeah, and I've done a little bit of research and and listening to some, to some podcasts. Uh, outside of the Boston market. And um, I've heard that uh, Daniel Briere, former National Hockey League player, he's the, uh, the general manager of the Maine Mariners. And even though, and I know a lot of people have reached out to me and said, you're absolutely wrong. The uh, Maine Mariners are owned and operated by the Philadelphia Flyers. That might be true, but the Philadelphia Flyers already have an East Coast Hockey League franchise and the Reading Royals. Mm -hmm. So, this is a franchise that they built up that they're ready to move on from. So, it is a great possibility that the Bruins could be in in the mix to have them uh, based out of Maine, which is perfect for me because I can get on the train in Exeter and head right up to uh, Portland to cover them. And uh, so, as much as I want it to happen for my travel, uh, uh, you know my travel ways it's it, it i'd love to see it around here and i was kind of hoping that worcester was going to be a, a bruins affiliate i mean everything lined up to just the way that the owner was a season ticket holder and a good friend of the bruins and 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 his local ties to being from around here i believe he's from the beverly area um you know i, I just thought that that would line up and worcester would be another one that you can get to easily uh or i could get to easily but unfortunately the um it didn't work out, so I'm I'm holding my you know crossing my fingers and toes for Maine to come because I think the the uh, Cross Insurance Arena is a is a great place to go and watch a game. I went there a couple times to watch the Portland Pirates and the Providence Bruins play. So in uh, Portland's a great up and coming city, uh, a lot of great places to have a couple beers. Absolutely, and I love beer. Um, so. The only other prospect that I really got to talk to right now is, uh, is Daniel Bukoc, Um and he's plays for the Brandon Wheat Kings and they are down in the second round series um, two to nothing uh, after beating the Medicine Hat Tigers uh, in the first round uh, four to two in that series. Bucock has uh, his only has one goal in the 2008 playoffs, WHL playoffs. Uh, in his first round against the Medicine Hat Tigers, which was his first career playoff goal, um, the Weekends come home f- for the next two games, starting on April 10th at the uh, Westoba Place in Brandon, uh, Manitoba. So, uh, best of luck to him as he continues to go on and uh, hopefully uh, challenge his Brandon Weekends challenge uh, the next couple of rounds to get to the Memorial Cup that's coming. Um, to Regina this season and uh, they'll be celebrating 100 years of Memorial Cup success Great place to have it because uh, Jesse Gabriel
5: is still playing in uh, Regina if I'm not mistaken
4: Yes he is and, and um, I'm not sure if, if many people know about how the Memorial Cup works but uh, there's, I, I'm not sure if it's a bidding thing but uh, certain cities uh, get to uh, host and just because that you might not be your leader um, or playoff eligible that particular year, uh, the host team is automatically entered into the round-robin tournament, which consists of uh, the top team that went all the way in the WHL, the Q, and in the, in the, uh, the Ontario Hockey League. And then they, they do a tournament after that, which is it's, it's, it's very popular up in Canada um, and great to watch regardless of my, uh, my Bruins bias. Um, just another
5: note on Bukach because you and I were watching him in that last game against Medicine Hat I can definitely see why he is drafted or was drafted in the seventh round I mean he's got the size the ranginess the skating ability for sure but there's a lot to be desired with his hockey IQ he just there were a couple of decisions that he made were extremely questionable and then There was one point during the game, he took a delay of game penalty and got benched for the remainder of that period, and then only came back out during the overtime period. So, he's definitely going to be a project player, for all those who haven't heard of him. He's he's a bit of a project, but if he kind of gets his head screwed on a little bit tighter, I think he's going to be maybe a bottom six, or excuse me, like a bottom two pairing defenseman, but again it remains to be seen i'm very curious to see where his development curve takes him but yeah so that's kind of the scouting report for on daniel bucatch for all those who are listening out
2: there
4: yeah and if um well the the brandon weak are right now are playing the length Bridge hurricanes in the second round so if uh daniel does not make it out of the second round and 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 is um his season ends uh, you can guarantee that the the hoopla about him becoming a permanent <laughs> Providence Bruins player uh, <laughs> will probably happen because he, you know, moved to uh, to be with the team. And more or less, when, like, when players do come from other leagues, uh, lower developmental leagues, um, it's very rare that they get into action. I mean, you're probably most likely not going to see Kyle Kieser. Uh, the goaltender from the Oshawa Generals play. Um, If you do, it's probably good on him and and probably a Jay Leach decision, even though the team has clinched. But um, they're there for the experience. They're there to learn. They're there to be sponges and absorb as much as they can. Um, This is a great opportunity for players like that to come up to the level and see what the professionals uh, do and how they act, how they eat, how they train. It's just, it, it's, it, it's just a huge thing to take in. So uh, I just don't like the hype of, of you know, once news breaks, you know, everybody's on, they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we got this player, we got that player. Just take it easy and uh, do some proper research.
5: Temper your excitement.
4: Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um you got anything else to talk about?
5: Not really. I mean, I feel like we've kind of covered most things. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to these last four games of Providence. I'll be uh, attending two of them, so it'll be good to kind of get a feel for how the team has been, how the team will be playing into the uh, playoffs themselves, Um Two games I'm going to be at this afternoon against Lehigh Valley, and then Friday evening against the Charlotte Checkers, who are actually below Providence in the playoff standings. Um, I'm, you know, I'm hopeful for this team, but at the same time, I'm kind of guardedly optimistic. I guess is the best phraseology to put it because there's a lot of new talent. I mean, I I believe this current crop of drafts draft prospects is the largest that they've had to deal with in a while. And during some of the past couple of games, Jay Leach has dressed 10, eight to 10 rookies, which is a significant amount because usually there's a good balance of, uh, either AHL veterans or, uh, maybe some of the older players from the parent club who have been sent down so that they can continue playing, but it seems like there's just a lot of rookies that are coming through the system, and kudos to them to being in the spot that they're in, given their inexperience in a professional environment because it's it's a it's a big difference. I remember when I went to the NCAA game and there was there was kind of the atmosphere there, but it was it wasn't very serious. There was a you could people were playing there was an intensity and I don't mean to say serious that people were ju- not were taking it flippantly but there was there was a, a very distinct change of tone between attending the NCAA game where I was media credentialed to last night being at the professional league where everything was there was just there was a lot more involved in it it seemed like everything was taken a lot more seriously it seemed like people were uh, like the the routines and everything were guarded as a little bit more sacred. You know, the players weren't out and about. I remember when uh, we went to the NCAA game, a lot of the players were stretching just kind of in the stands. And with the uh, AHL game last night, everybody was kind of sequestered in their locker room areas. There was of, it was a, it was a very, it was a much more strict environment. So I'm, I'm glad to see a lot of the kids coming in and a lot of kids, Embracing that and being able to, and doing what they did. So I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see where Providence is going to go because it's going to, it's going to, it's going to determine who's going to make the club next year because we've, they, they're probably going to be a lot of vacancies as we've talked about in the past where you have some of the, uh, maybe bottom six guys rotating out, playing themselves into bigger contracts. So a lot of spots are probably going to open up from on the big club roster. So you're going to see a lot more of the experience, maybe more, nhl ready guys start to get real long looks at the nhl level so all that to say i think this playoffs is going to determine a lot of who makes the jump next year and credit to these guys for putting themselves where they are now i mean that's it's great to see them come in from the developmental leagues where again maybe the tone is a little bit different than the professionals and Now being able to embrace their new roles and run with it because I mean, when you have the inconsistencies that you do with maybe some of the younger players, you could fall off in the standings pretty quickly and credit to them. They were at first at one point, like you said, and then unfortunately dropped down a little bit. But still, they're putting themselves in a good position. I really hope that over the next four games. Providence can manage to lock up that maybe second spot in the, uh, in the Atlantic division and turn the handle and see what happens when they reach the playoffs.
4: Yeah. And I just pulled up cap friendly real quick. Um, and just looking at, uh, players that, are probably not going to be in the fold with the Providence Bruins next season. Um, I could definitely see defenseman Tommy Cross not being with his team next season. Uh, or Chris Breen. Interestingly enough,
5: I haven't thought about Tommy Cross when you're done here. So finish your thought, and then let me uh, roll back to that
4: for a moment. I see uh, Chris Breen. Uh, both both Tommy Cross and Chris Breen are 28 years old. I just don't see them as a, as a mix and with this uh, as players. Um, Austin Zarnik, uh That remains to be seen. I think I don't think he'd want to sign. Uh, as a UFA uh, again to be in the uh, the American Hockey League, I think he's ready for the NHL, no doubt. Uh, and I think that he'll get a better opportunity, like we've said in previous podcasts, um, with another NHL franchise. Uh, Paul Postma, definite, not going to be here next season. So, uh, mm-hmm. and Kenny Agostino, I do not see him returning at all. Um, uh, a disappointing season, in my opinion, coming from yep. a uh, an AHL. Uh, scoring title down to um, I, I really don't know I, I really can't say how I just I thought I expected a little more from him um, signing an NHL deal and I'm actually very surprised that he he cleared the waivers but I mean there's 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 five opportunities that are right there from in my opinion uh, that could create space from other players especially uh, current ones on ATOs like you said um, uh, Trent Frederick Um, uh, Cameron Hughes um, and I'm probably missing one more but um, you know those guys uh, uh, their entry level contracts kick in officially next season so uh, they will definitely be in the fold but uh, go ahead uh, on the Tommy Cross thought
5: so last night I was actually talking to uh, Josh Hosang who's one of the Islanders prospects who's down in Bridgeport right now and he said two of the guys that give him the most fits when he's playing the Providence Bruins are Speedy Austin Zarnick and uh Big Tommy Cross in the in the uh in the defense corps just Cross has been there for so long that he he does have good instincts at the AHL level so you know I I could see him possibly returning and if he's a good mentor to the kids then I'm all for it but it remains to be seen whether we move on from him. And it's interesting to see a player from outside the organization, giving him a lot of credit. Like he spoke quite glowingly of, uh, both of the, both Austin Zarnick and uh, Tommy cross. So given how revered they are, even from an outsider's point of view, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Tommy cross come back.
2: Yeah.
4: I mean, like as a leadership thing, I mean, you look at Chara, what he's doing in the NHL right now. I mean, signing mm-hmm. an extra year, um, but Chara's played very well. Um, and, and there's no comparison between Chara and cross, but, uh, it's an age thing. Uh, when it comes down to it, it's experience, uh, you know, who's been there, who hasn't. And it's always good to have that person to look up to when you, when you need it, um, to talk to, uh, on or off the ice. So like you said, regardless of Marines to be seen, I just, in my, in my unprofessional opinion, I just don't think that he, (laughs) he he is, is going to be a fit here? Mm -hmm. Um, in the you know in the future so um speaking speaking of uh your experience um you joined uh thomas nystrom a teammate at the uh, black and gold hockey productions as uh as credentialed uh folks to uh report the, from the game last night in bridgeport connecticut uh how'd you travel down did you take a train or did you drive Nope. Uh, My wife and I just packed up the
5: car and uh, drove the two hours down to Bridgeport. I think the trip back seemed a little bit longer than the trip to. You're getting all uh, excited. Exactly. (laughs) I was just about to say that. So I think that was uh, probably part of that. But when we got there, Tom was arguably the most gracious host I've ever had. It was fantastic. He met me right in the lobby, kind of walked me through. Uh, the media area kind of introduced me to different people and then we found our seats uh, and then I was able to go down kind of during the warm-ups take a bunch of pictures it was amazing to be so close to the guys that I've been covering you know outside of a outside of a fan event you know how you have your season ticket holder events it was really nice to kind of get close to the players outside of that surrounding and I definitely think I caught a couple of them Make an eye contact with me like I I know you I've seen you before you're not exactly unfamiliar to me So that was pretty cool. It was nice to kind of get the recognition even though we had to kind of maintain a professional distance from each other and uh, Yeah, after that, I mean Tom and I just sat up in the press box I gotta say that the Webster Bank Arena has amazing sight lines from the press row. Oh, it's way so, better It's
4: way better than the um, Than the uh, the dunk the dunk, absolutely. the dunk placement is terrible Exactly, and uh, it's
5: the the press row there was center ice. You got you were at just the right height where you could watch both ends of the rink, and it was better than AHL live because you kind of got to focus on the areas of the rink that you wanted to watch, the players that you were there to see. Um, I think we talked about it before, but I think Studnica played very well last night. He really is starting to come into his own and kind of a, even though he's on an ATO in a more of a professional setting. uh, But the game was played out extremely well. There was a lot, surprisingly enough, there was a lot of food there. Um, I wish I hadn't eaten during the trip down because there was some really well-made food. So I got to really give props here to the Bridgeport organization for providing a lot of great amenities. I feel like their whole media organization even though it's kind of a a small group I gotta say they do a very good job of it and if I haven't said it enough I thank them so much for their hospitality and for just kind of the whole experience there it was a a great it was great to finally kind of get into that media role and figure out as I was kind of saying to you before the show uh, before we started talking just how how to go about being a good media professional so I, I appreciate them and their staff for just kind of guiding me where I needed guidance and for letting me kind of explore on my own where I wanted to. So it was overall a wonderful experience. I got to say it was just, I, I, that was an excellent, it was an excellent game. I mean, the B Bruins won clinched. So overall there was a good feeling there uh, talking to the Bridgeport coach afterwards. Unfortunately, he was a little bit uh, upset, but he was very professional. I got to say, and answered a lot of questions in a very, friendly manner even given that his team had just lost and were eliminated from playoff contention so top to bottom best experience I really truly enjoyed it
4: well this is where angry marks come come out because I Ah. am extremely jealous Uh, and not for the fact that you went down with my boy Thomas which is he's a class act and and a a tremendous addition to our our team um, over at the black and gold hockey dot com website but it is the food? Are you serious? You guys got catered to? It was, yeah, it was catered. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right. Here's my experience at the Providence Bruins. When I was up there, and I, I didn't stay there very long. I did my walkthrough and met everybody, but I wasn't allowed to stay because technically I am considered not working media. So, um, but I did have, um, uh, you know, I got into the building for nothing, and I also was able to um do my coverage from the stand, but even though the tickets were given to me for free uh, through the uh, the organization uh, but when I did go up to the press box there was popcorn and water that's that's, kind of, I'll, sh- that's- I'll, I'll show you a picture I'll tweet it out to you about uh, my, my, my experience it just said you know please help yourself so, to Providence media and and that was it and at that time <laughs> at that time I felt really cool but until now you're telling me that you know you guys are getting, like a top-notch meal in in the Bridgeport media area, I'm just kind of pissed off now.
5: <laughs> yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'll try to save the uh, the, the little video that I took. And, oh, uh, I, I took a. Look, yeah, I was like, I was kind of panning across it, looking at it. I was like, Are you freaking kidding me? This is oh, amazing.
4: Man. Uh, now I, now I'm looking forward to getting down to Bridgeport next season. Hopefully, I can have the same opportunities as you did with Thomas. So. absolutely, I would definitely love to coordinate
5: like a trip between the three of us. Oh, that'd be badass! Of, you know, that'd be to, badass. Yeah, just to kind of get all of us in the same room, just kind of have a good time together and uh, do some work on the games and such. Yeah, it was a it was a truly great experience, and I I have nothing but good things to say about the Bridgeport organization. I really appreciate what they do and how they go about
4: it. That's awesome, well said um so regardless of my my hatred right now of of your experience <laughs> i I think that's gonna um i think it's gonna be the end of the prospect talk for this week um and uh give you enough time to get to uh the dunk to watch the uh this afternoon's game against will uh, i keep saying Wilkes bear Lehigh valley all you actually had me confused there for a second I was like wait oh. a sec you know Which what it's Pennsylvania- <laughs> amazing see you know what it is is I I think I have a little d- dyslexia oh, yeah. uh it's it's the it's the wording of each franchise so Wilkes bear Scranton Lee High Valley There's like the, you could say that in three words each mm-hmm. of them so I get them screwed up I always say Wilkes bear all the time is my go-to because of that Yeah, exactly. I know. I've
5: I've come up with a couple of different names and acronyms and things like that for my blog when I'm just feeling lazy, so I get how you feel. (laughs) All All right, right, Mark. Thanks so much for uh, chit-chatting with me this week. Yeah, time as always, and uh, looking forward to next week. I'm curious what we're going to be talking about next week. I know.
4: Hopefully we have some things to talk about. I'm hoping it's it's definitely going to be Providence Bruins related, uh, but... Um, hopefully, you know a player like Daniel can move on uh, to the another round. So we'll, we'll just see from there. And, and yeah, uh,
5: well, it'll it'll definitely be a a show done from show notes instead of just memory because uh, I feel like the notes are going to be kind of the meat of everything that we're going to go on next exactly. week. Exactly, not as much to talk about, unfortunately. But till next week, my friend. It was so good to talk to you, and uh, thanks for humoring my stories about amazing <laughs> media food. <laughs>
4: Yeah, please don't forget to follow uh, Josh on Twitter at 2Causeway. And uh, please uh, check out his uh, blog, uh, shippinguptocauseway.com. He definitely does a fantastic job updating Bruins fans. So until next week, my friend, take care. And thank you for listening, everybody.
2: Thanks for tuning in
4: to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at Black and Gold. 277 at
0: Court Londe and at Rob Forty Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.